Shocker. The Hurricane Ida is blamed on global warming, and the solution is to pass the new infrastructure bill. A trilateral summit calls for the international community to oversee an Israeli-Palestinian peace negotiation and the prophesied rising spirit of Islam in our world, all in the news today. We will analyze these topics while taking your calls on this open line edition of End of the Age. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And I will be taking your calls today. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. The number to reach our operators, 1-800-363-8463. And... I've got some things that we have to talk about. Maybe a little opening dialogue here. Um, Breitbart, they just published an article that said that Chuck Schumer, he said, woe is us if we don't act on the climate after the Ida floods, New York City, and that global warming is upon us. Of course, everything that happens, I mean, if the sun's shining outside or if it's pouring rain, of course, that's as a result of human-induced global warming, right? The, the, the coal-fired power plants and the SUVs, the trucks and cars we're driving around, they're putting off carbon emissions, and so that's the reason that the polar ice caps are melting and, you know, the Earth is heating up to the point where we're going to explode, right? Well, no, that's actually not the case. Chuck Schumer says, uh, Senate Majority Chuck Leader, uh, Leader Chuck Schumer said, that he blamed climate change after the Hurricane Ida's remnants caused uh, historic flooding in New York City, leaving multiple people dead. He said, woe is us if we don't recognize these changes that are due to climate change. Woe is us if we don't do something about it quickly. He highlighted the climate change provisions tucked into the so-called infrastructure legislation that the House is yet to vote on, and the New York Democrat claimed the measures could stop the global warming or at least reduce its awful effects on this country. So he said when you get two record rainfalls in a week, it's not just coincidence. He stated global warming is upon us and it's going to get worse and worse and worse until we do something about it. So here's his suggested solution. He said, and that's why it's so important to pass. So we got to do something with global warming because of all of the the record rainfall that they've had. He said, so what we need to do is to pass the infrastructure bill and the budget reconciliation bill. Because those would have stopped, those measures would have stopped the rain that happened in New York last week, right? Now, folks, this is the world that we're living in. Scare tactics. To get you to say, well, hey, in the name of security, 
we need to pass the infrastructure bill and this um, budget reconciliation bill. But that simply would have nothing to do with it. It's scare tactics to get people to pass things, yield up their sovereignty in the name of security. It's been happening for thousands of years. Despots, leaders, totalitarian leaders, scaring, keeping the people in fear mode to get them to yield up their sovereignty and to, um, to basically pay obeisance to the people in power. Of course, Forbes in February 2021, I mean, everything's being blamed on global warming. Uh, Forbes in, in February, back when we had this huge polar vortex that swept through the south and we had things freezing and stuff here in Texas, they said that this is why global warming is responsible for the freezing temperatures across the United States. Global warming was responsible for the freezing temperatures. Well, the Electroverse, they said that the Antarctic sea ice has actually rebounded. You've heard all these things in the news about the polar ice caps are melting and the South Pole's melting and, you know, it's all a result of global warming and and we're going to flood the earth and we're all going to die, right? So we've got to do something about global warming today. But Electroverse, there's an article published, the Antarctic sea ice has rebounded and it is surprising scientists But the mainstream media, of course, is silent. Just two years ago, many mainstream media outlets declared the sea ice uh, at the South Pole was melting at an astonishing rate. But sea ice, according to the article, at the South Pole has rebounded in 2020 and 2021 to levels of some three decades ago. Moreover, the trend of the past 40 plus years from the satellite era remains one of the significant growth of the polar ice caps, approximately 1% per decade. And in 2021, Antarctica sea ice is actually tracking well above the metadecadal average. And so it is the doomsday scenario that has disappeared, not the ice. So consider this. When we talk about global warming, some of this stuff is so easy, everybody, to understand. It's a, it's a complete hoax. It's been warming up and cooling down ever since God created the planet thousands of years ago. Think of this in terms of global warming. I live in Dallas, Texas. According to the National Weather Service, I just looked this up before I come on the air. I wanted you to see how easy this stuff is. In the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, back in 20,000, or 2011, there were 71 day, 71 100 degree days. Last year, there were nine 100-degree days. So, am I scared of global warming? No. It's a hoax, everybody. I mean, I've got tons of proof for it. But, I mean, if you, but if you look at this stuff, it's so crazy that they would say, well, hey, we've got, you know, in New York, they had so much rain that came down that we need, what do we need to do? We need to pass the infrastructure bill and this, the, uh, this budget bill that we're wanting to pass, the reconciliation bill. If we were to pass those, we could have solved the rain problem. I mean, come on, everybody. I know that we're all smarter than that. 
And so it's very important. What, what, is, what, is all, what am I talking about all this for? Because it's propaganda. It's agenda driven. And the Bible says that's how it's going to be in the last days. So much deception going on. The, this all comes from the world government. The prophesied world government. Revelation chapter 13. Satan, Satan building his kingdom on the earth. This is all prophesied in scripture. Deception. Propaganda. Agenda driven. And we're seeing this happening every day in the news. Well, we've got a lot more to go through. I'm going to get to some calls when we come back from the break. And we might get off into more of these carbon taxes, things they're wanting to put on us. It's basically redistribution of our wealth. And or I should say some people's wealth. And so a lot going on in the news right now. This whole world's getting crazy. We'll talk about it more while taking your calls when we get back. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time Message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. The seven vials are coming in the form of sores, darkness, great hail, people being scorched with immense heat, and more. Bible prophecy shows us that each of these judgments will be far worse than anything imaginable. The good news is there is hope. In our brand new video, learn how to be immune from these gruesome judgments and have peace in the end time. This month only, get our new DVD, The Seven Vials, with a gift of any amount. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call us at 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. This offer is only valid through the end of the month. Go to endtime.com slash DVD or call 800-END-TIME. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Well, welcome back, everybody. And the number, again, I'm taking your calls today, one 363 8463 I'm going to go straight to the phones. John calling from Indiana. God bless John. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. Um, it is a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you, um, sir. Thank you, for, thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Um, so I was, um, I've been a long-time listener and, and um, probably a third-time caller, so it's not the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've studied a lot of um, what, what, what do you guys um, talk about. And my question um, that I have today is reference to the pale horse of Revelation 6. Yes, sir. Um, and 
I um, I know what you guys teach about it, that how that re- that really means the the green horse. Yes. Um, but I I have a I'm, I'm, I want to throw the challenge flag down because um, I'm, I'm really starting to believe this could mean the COVID vaccine uh, with all the people that are, um, you know, having issues with it. And I, I, I just think that it could mean that, too. I, and I wanted to see what your um, interpretation is of that. Yeah. So when you talk about the horses or the color, the riders and the horses in Revelation chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. If you just focus on Revelation 6, 1 through 8, then the interpretation could go a lot of ways, okay? But if you go to back to Zechariah chapter 6, verse 1 through 8, and this is the same thing with any prophecy in the Bible, any topic in the Bible, John, is that you got to look at every verse that pertains to that topic. So when we're looking at these there's a there's a prophecy in Revelation uh, six verse one through eight and Zechariah. There's an Old Testament um, version of this prophecy, Zechariah chapter six verse one through eight. In Zechariah chapter six verse one through eight, it tells us that these are the spirits of heaven that go forth into the earth, and we know that these will control the ideologies or the thought processes of men in the end time. When you tie Zechariah six verse one through eight into Revelation. Chapter 6, verse 1 through 8. So we know that these ideologies symbolized by the colors are the white horse would be Catholicism. Now, I could prove all this. We're not going to have time to. White spirit would be Catholicism. Black would be capitalism. Red, communism. And then the green spirit in the earth. Not necessarily the COVID virus or pandemic, but the green spirit. That's That's one of the keys that we need to look at here when you're looking at, say, the interpretation of the, the COVID um, scenario, could that be the pale horse? We believe that it's the, one of the major ideologies uh, on the planet. The Bible says that it will be given power over the fourth part of the earth. Well, the Muslims or the, the Islamic um, faction of the earth is right at about one-fourth of the earth's population. So with all of these clues tied in together, we could talk about a lot of other stuff. That's why we teach that this, the ideology of Islamism, which this is symbolized by green everywhere. You go to, go to Israel, go around the world, Islam, green. They have a, an Islamic parade, green flags, just green everywhere, green lights. Um, that's why we teach that it is a, the ideology, the belief system, the Islamic spirit in the world. Um, so I, I don't know if I could tie that into the COVID pandemic situation. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, well, yeah, I, 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 um, I'll have to read Zechariah. I, I didn't realize that tied in as well, but yeah, that's a good point. Um, yes, sir. So, but um, the amount of people that are dying from this is is just um, it's, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah. After they get the vaccine, and and I follow Dr. Peter McCullough, and right, um, and it's just it's it's sad to see what's happening with this, and and um, I just. I didn't know if that fit in, if that fit in, in into the pale horse at all. That's what I was trying to see if if this could be part of that as well. So. Yes, sir. I don't think that it could be. I mean, Jesus prophesied in Matthew twenty four that in the end time we would see pestilence. Pestilence is another is a synonymous term for pandemic. So he said you're you're going to see pandemics in the end time, 
earthquakes in diverse places, wars and rumors of wars. But he said, you know, don't be, don't be uh, troubled. This, these are the beginning of sorrows. <clears throat> so I think the pandemic situation is horrible. There's been a lot of deaths. My father-in-law passed away from COVID. However, I I don't think that it would tie into the pale horse prophecy. And again, John, the reason the reason this is just on the tip of my tongue is because uh, we're redoing Understand the End Time, our big DVD series. And I just put I just put the period, the last period on the last sentence of this lesson today, this morning. And so all of this pale stuff is right. The pale horse and the green horse is fresh in my mind. Um, I just finished this lesson this morning. So it's kind of unique that you would be the first caller to call in about the pale horse. So um, there's a whole lot. There's a whole lot more proofs. Uh, I'm given some new proofs, actually, uh, going through this. Um, They understand the end time lesson three. And so. Um, again, go back to Zechariah chapter six, verse one through eight, and you'll you'll see what I'm saying. Well, well, thank you very much for helping me understand this, and and God bless you, and thank you for for doing this. And it's just it's 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 just it's amazing stories for the end times to, to get the gospel out before Jesus comes. And yes, sir. And uh, we're just living in amazing times, and just thank you very much. All right, well, thank you much, John, and uh, thank you for listening for so long and calling in. God bless you, sir. Have a great weekend. Uh, let's go to Sandy in Kansas. God bless Sandy. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm good. Thank good. you. Good. I remember Irvin Baxter saying that when Satan was cast out of the heavenlies onto the earth in the end times, that the heavenlies would be open, our prayers would go through without the opposition from the demonic. Uh-huh. And I was wondering if you or you and Irvin had speculated on what life would be like down here on earth. I'm thinking of how Jesus cast out demons from people, and if that would be more common, um, or if you thought about that actually sandy that's a wonderful question and the answer is yes i had many conversations with my father-in-law about um the the what would what the um you know what would the scenario that the 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 life would be like down here on earth during that time and the thing that brought all that up and it's a good point is that i've asked him or, uh, you know, I, I called him dad or whatever. And I said, dad, you know, or, or sometimes Irvin, most of the time, brother Baxter, because he was my pastor. But I would say, um, we don't, we're not seeing the amount of miracles and things they did like in the book of Acts in the new Testament, because the Bible says at one point when they were walking by and their shadows were healing people and we're not, we're, we don't see it like that here, uh, in 2021. And he said, well, I believe that the time will come in the future when we will get back to that because we're coming back into the age of enlightenment. You know, we're we're in the full truth, but we may not be to some of these. Now, there are miracles today. I know people that have had, you know, experienced miracles. I've experienced miracles in my life, but probably not to the amount of miracles and things like that that they had back in the New Testament church. However, I just talked to one of my uh, assistant pastors at our church the other night. And he said, you know, I've always believed that once Satan is cast down, that we would, that we would not be battling Satan in the spirit realm anymore, that he would come down in the flesh. 
Because the scenario happens that in Revelation 12, there's a war in heaven. Michael and his archangels overcome Satan and his angels, bind them to the earth. The Bible says, hey, rejoice all you that are in heaven. No more Satan, no more access to heaven for Satan. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth because Satan comes down unto you having great wrath. So rather than battling us in the spirit realm, Satan is going to come down and physically persecute the woman in Revelation 12 with the 12 stars around her head, which is Israel, and those that have the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is the church. So he's going, he can't defeat the church spiritually, so he's going to try to defeat Israel and the church on a physical level. That's going to be the great tribulation. When Satan comes down, the Bible says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, Satan comes down unto you having great wrath. And so... His wrath is the great tribulation. It's a three and a half year period. Uh, Revelation twelve fourteen says that he persecutes the, that Israel's protected, um, Israel proper uh, by, on the wings of an eagle where she is nourished for a time, times and half a time. That's that final three and a half years, that great tribulation period. So I do believe because that's also during the time when the two witnesses will be here. And they will be doing great, many mighty, mighty miracles. The Bible says they'll have the power uh, to turn the water into blood and they can, they can stop the sun and do all kinds of different things. So I believe miracles will increase um, just like you're saying. And Irvin Baxter believed that. And I just talked to my associate pastor, uh, one of our associate pastors at church the other night. He said he believed the same thing. Well, that's exactly what I believe. <clears throat> Moving forward into the end time, I believe that the sense of urgency will get on the church will be in full evangelism mode and people that have no prayer life today will be, will be having prayer meetings in their home. They'll be going to churches and having prayer meetings. Well, when you increase prayer, you can increase, increase the, um, the workings of the spirit in the earth. Um, and on fasting and different things, it's kind of fasting is kind of a, a bulldozer in the spiritual world, um, to get things done. So, um, very important in the, in the early church, they were, they, they were a little bit more committed than we were. The Bible says they were selling all they had. They were given to people in common who needed it and a lot of different things. They were daily in the temple and, uh, and they were going from house to house and they were in prayer. And a lot of the church today, you don't really see them daily in church functions and things like that. I mean, a lot of churches are having less church and not more. But yet we want revival and we want miracles and we want all this. So we're going to have to make a, a, a dramatic shift in the very near future. And I believe it will happen when some of these prophecies, Irvin Baxter, years ago, uh, God spoke to him and said, Irvin, you've been looking at this wrong. Satan did not create these, these apocalyptic events in the end time. I created these events to set the stage for one last great end time revival. So when some of these apocalyptic events start to happen... We believe that the church will turn in mass and go into full evangelism mode like the early church did. And we would move back into that level of spirituality. I don't believe fully that we're there yet. Um, and so I hope that answers your question, Sandy. Yes, that is awesome. I yeah. appreciate that answer. Thank you very much, Dave. All right. God bless you. And thank you for the call. You guys have a great weekend. Uh, I think I can take one more. Let's go to Thomas in Alabama. God bless Thomas. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, I was wondering about the Daddy Christ. If someone has been cremated instead of buried, how does that how does that uh, be 
How is that handled by the Lord? Sure. There are no scriptures in the Bible that would prevent somebody from being cremated. It's the same scenario, Thomas, as if somebody was, um, uh, you know, blown up by a grenade in World War II or somebody was burned up in a fire or anything like that. Now, I don't, you know, it's kind of weird to talk about that kind of stuff. But when you talk about somebody who wants to be cremated, it's not your physical body that goes to be with the Lord. It's your spirit. And this old body here, I mean, somebody who was buried a thousand years ago, I mean, all that's left of them is probably some bones and dust. And so it's not the physical body. You're going to be given at the time of the rapture, you're going to be given an immortal body, just like Jesus was given when he rose from the dead. His physical body didn't raise from the dead, but an immortal body rose from the dead. And so, um, very important. There are no scriptures in the Bible that would prevent somebody from being cremated. Um, you're, you're going to raise from the dead. If you're a Christian, you're born again. You're going to raise from the dead with an immortal body, just like my father-in-law would, who was buried over here in Rockwall, Texas. Same thing. Thank you so much for the answer. That's been a question on my mind for some time. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time hearing you there, Thomas. Um, and, you know, I hope that answers your question. Uh, if, if, you know, it's a personal decision that you want to make, whether you want to be buried or be cremated. But, again, um, there are no scriptures that would prevent you from doing that. So, um, thank you very much. I want to say God bless you. Have a great weekend. Um, I think, tell you what, I'm going to hold right here. We'll, um, I, I don't want to cut one of these questions off. I got some people online. I will be taking your calls again, one 877 363 and I will say, when we're talking about the end time scenario, uh, Sandy brought up a wonderful point. Is that what I'm seeing with the church world as a whole is that there are a lot of people committed. There are wonderful committed churches and things are doing great. And I believe God's church is expanding. But I believe as we go off into the end time, some of these apocalyptic events start to happen Apocalyptic events, think of some of the things that have happened throughout in history. When apocalyptic events happens, there will be um, like a 911 scenario. I know that next week we're coming up to uh, 911 when the two trade towers and things came down. There were people in New York that were praying, that were going to prayer meetings that had never been to one. And so when some of these apocalyptic events happen... I believe we, myself, Irvin Baxter, many of us, our pastoral team, we believe that the church would, there would come a shift in the church. The, the kingdom of God is expanding now, but the greatest time of revival is ahead of us. And so there's going to be a shift in the church to where we, go, we would go into full evangelism mode. Don't believe we're there yet. We're headed in that direction. But when the church starts to pray daily and we're very focused, there will be a shift in the spirit world. And we'll see things that we've never seen before. It's going to be the greatest time of revival the world has ever known. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. 
It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Welcome back, everybody. I'm, I do have a few lines open, uh, 1-877-363-8463. I'm sure that I could get to you before the end of the program if you want to give a call. Uh, if you've had a question you've had for years, uh, give me a holler and I'll do my best to answer. Um, and I don't know everything. I don't claim to know everything. And, you know, I've never been stumped on one of these Q&A uh, sessions, and I'm not bragging because I'm not too proud to say, you know what, I don't know. I'm willing to do the research. I'm willing to look it up. But um, <laughs> I've talked to Irvin Baxter about it for years. And he said, Dave, just to, I said, you know, I'm afraid to do a Q&A session because I'm afraid somebody will ask me a question I don't know. He said, hey, nobody knows everything. Don't worry about it. Just tell people you don't know. And I'm like, you know what? It took a million pounds off of me. So neither, none of us have ever claimed to know everything. But what we do know we certainly would like to share. So if you got a question, one 8463 I'm going to go to the phones. Um, Kathy, right here in Texas. God bless Kathy. Welcome to End of the Age. Hello, Dave. Good evening to you. Um, my comment is about uh, Israel, the most fascinated uh, country in the world. Right. But uh, all of them are sick over there from the vaccines. Right. And uh, now uh, the prime minister over there, the newly elected one, mm-hmm. he is going to uh, have them to take the third booster shot. Right. I thought they were kosher. Um, I think some of the airlines, are they're on the ban list. They're not traveling there. Right. And, and some people are dying from those vaccines. Uh, some of my coworkers, four pilots, died from it. Right. You know, and uh, heart attacks and stuff like that. But anyways. What, what, did you <clears throat> right? So, did you have a specific question on that cat, or? Yeah. Why? Why uh, Israel? Um, pretty much doing genocide to their own people. That's what I don't understand. 
Well, so I, I don't know if it's necessarily genocide. I mean, in other words, I don't know if they're setting out to kill all their people. Okay, so I don't know if it's necessarily genocide, but um, there are a lot of people around the world that are pushing these vaccines. I mean, the new leader, Naftali Bennett, he's all on board with this and he's pushing for the booster shot and everything. Um, why the leaders of these countries are just pushing, pushing, pushing this vaccine, I don't know. Um, some of them, I'm not saying all of them, but some of them, I think, believe they're just believing in the system. I don't think they've, they've necessarily done their research and, you know, understand everything about it. They're just saying, hey, we've got a problem. Everybody's having COVID. What do we do? The world community, the international community is saying, take this vaccine. So they're just giving people everything coming down the pike. I'm not so sure that they've really went in and done the research. Now, that's a horrible travesty, but I'm not so sure that they've done their research enough to say, no, we don't want to do this. We're going to just, you know, uh, there are people going to be killed from it and things like that. So, you know, I can't speak to everything that's going through the mind of Naftali Bennett and the new government, but I know that I, I don't think it's a genocidal situation, Kat, um, you know, I, that they're on purpose doing it. I wouldn't put no, that past some people, but I don't think Israel's in that situation. Yeah, I don't think he's doing it purposely, but right. uh, it is uh, Bill Gates and uh, uh, the other guy that took over the uh, COVID uh, test. They want to depopulate the world. And, and also, do you think this is part of that 2 billion people going to be adding to that 2 billion people wiped off the face of the earth. I don't think so. The, the, uh, the 6 triple or Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, I don't think it's part of that. Um, we've always believed that that's going to be a nuclear situation. In Revelation 9, it says, by these three were they killed, uh, the fire, the smoke, and the brimstone. I don't see that necessarily as the vaccine. It appears like it's going to be a nuclear type situation, World War III. Um, I, I, it's, it's a horrible travesty. I don't, I don't like the vaccine. I just read an article today where they're, they are saying that it's not even really a vaccine. It, everything a vaccine is supposed to do, these vaccines don't do. Again, I don't know all the ins and outs of it. All I know is that um, it's our opinion that it's not part of the the 200 million man army, you know, and, and the, um, the one third of the world's population that's going to be killed in that. There's an army involved. It comes from the Euphrates River region. Um, and one third of the world's population is going to be destroyed. I think it's just a, um, Jesus said we would see pandemics. Um, he said, you'll see pestilence in the end times. You're going to see pandemics. Well, man, we, it seems like every year or so we see a pandemic almost on a yearly basis. There's a swine flu and there's this and that. Uh, and now we're going through the COVID situation. Um, and it seems a little more right on our doorstep because now they're trying there. We've had, we've had for the first time in my life, we've had mask mandates and they're talking about mandating this, you know, they're wanting to mandate this, uh, COVID vaccine for everybody and things like that. So, um, it, it, it hits a little bit closer to home, this pandemic. But Jesus said we would see that. I don't believe it's the six Trump at war, Cat. Yeah, I, I don't believe that either. I know uh, uh, people 
as will the pen uh, and socket or all of that. Right. But, uh, you know, but this is horrible yeah. as it is. Yep. Uh, around the world, people are dying from these vaccines that they're trying to push. And they're going down the alphabet with new different variants. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, uh, no, I, I totally understand. Um, but, I, again, you know, I I've, I know a lot of people that have taken the vaccine, and, you know, it's some of them are fine. Uh, my mom took it. I've got a lot of pastor friends and friends, period, that have taken it. You know, again, End Time Ministries doesn't necessarily have a specific stance. Um, it's just... You know, make a prayerful decision on your own if you want to take it or not. I'm not going to take it. We made up in our mind that I don't want to take it because, you know, for many things. I mean, I, if you follow Peter McCullough, and I've got a lot of people speaking to me, my doctor, my both my doctors said, Dave, you've had COVID back in February. There's no reason why you should take this vaccine. Zero. You've got the antibodies. Everything's good. And we've had um, over the last couple, two or three weeks, we had a lot of people in our church get COVID. A lot of people here at End Time uh, got COVID that had not gotten it before. And I feel great. My wife uh, feels great. The ones that have the ones that had it before feel fine. Uh, my mother-in-law, who is 79, Irvin Baxter's wife, uh, she had it about the time Irvin Baxter had it last year. She, we were around people. We went out to dinner with some people one night and found out the next couple days they had COVID. We, we never got it. So my doctor said, hey, there's no reason for you to take the vaccine. So, again, everybody, you have to make your own decision. If, you, if, you know, if you're elderly and you think you want to get it for a peace of mind, hey, that's up to you. But at this point, um, you know, the Lord did say we would see pandemics. And, you know, will they try to issue vaccines for that kind of stuff? They have in the past. They probably will in the future. I think it's just something we got to get to and conti- continue on with our mission. So... Absolutely. All right. Well, I do thank you for the call, Kat. I'm going to let you go. I got a lot of callers here, so God bless you. And I will tell you that I am getting your information that you're sending me. Thank you very much. Uh, And I hope to see you again sometime in the near future. Okay, God bless you, Kat. And so let's go to um, Karina right here in Texas. God bless, Karina. Welcome to End of the Age. Hi, Dave. God bless you. Thank you for your services and your ministry. It's so lovely. Um, I wanted to know about the sirens. Uh, last year, there was a lot of videos that they hear sirens or trumpets in the sky, and they don't know where they're coming from. Okay. And then yeah. I have another question. Remember the who they thought that was the, the Antichrist? What, wasn't there in the Bible verse, I don't think, that there were going to be 13 countries to join that, and then the three would come out and only 10 would stay? Uh, the countries that would sign up for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That world, uh, yeah. Okay, so the first question, the, the trumpet noise is heard all over the world. I can't explain that. I don't know what they were. Um, they were not any of the seven trumpets in the book of Revelation. I do know that for a fact. Uh, because the the trumpets are su- simply events. It doesn't say that you're going to hear a physical trumpet sound. When this person, when this angel blew the trumpet, this event occurred. So when, like World War One, World War Two, the Chernobyl nuclear accident, nobody come out and said, "Well, I heard this unbelievable noise," and it, you know, and the event happened. And so, 
the we're in between right now the fifth trumpet. The fifth trumpet's already occurred, 1991, with the Iraq War with Saddam Hussein. The sixth trumpet will be World War III, which emanates out of the Middle East region, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran, the Euphrates River region. So I don't believe that the noises people were hearing all over the world had anything to do with the trumpets in the book of Revelation, or obviously that it was the last trump, because that hasn't sounded yet. What they were hearing, I do not know. I didn't hear it. Uh, I, I didn't did, hear I, it either, but I saw videos where they were playing, you know, they heard it. Okay, so I saw some videos. Again, can I explain that? No, I cannot. I, I don't know what the noises were. Um, you know, was it somebody out in the woods blowing a horn? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just, uh, that's something I, I don't know. It'd be purely speculation on my part. Um, g- give me your second question again. Oh, the oh yeah. The, question. So you, the 10 nations, I got you. Yeah. Yes, so the, and in, be, um, three more joining and then three will be out and the 10 countries will be, that would be with the right. Antichrist or something. Right, right. So in Revelation chapter seven. Bible says that there was a, a, uh, a the fourth beast that John or that Daniel saw was it had ten horns. He didn't know what the animal looked like. It didn't look like a, a bear, or a leopard, or a, a a lion, but it was just a beast. It's a horrible beast, and it had ten horns. The Bible tells us that those ten horns are ten kings. One horn will uproot three of them, and he will become great, and that's going to become the Antichrist. However, there are not thirteen. Somehow or another, the horn comes up among those three and uproots them, but they somehow retain an element of power. The reason I know that is because when you you go to Revelation chapter 17, the Bible says when the Antichrist and this um, his world government is fighting right there when the Lord comes back, that the um, the ten kings will be with the Antichrist and that they will make war against the Lamb. When he comes back to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. So I know that there will be ten kings and the Antichrist will be the leader over them. How the how he uproots the three, but yet they still somehow retain their power. I do not know the answer to that. That's something we will have to live through. And then once I see it, then I can report on it. But until that happens, the Bible doesn't give us a clear cut. Hey, you know, here's what happens when he uproots the three. Until we live through that. It's like until the Chernobyl nuclear accident happened, nobody could foretell what that was going to be. Once we lived through it, then Irvin Baxter could look back and say, hey, here's what happened. The Chernobyl nuclear accident, it fits the third trumpet perfectly. That's the way it's going to have to be in this ten horn uh, scenario in the near future. There will be ten nations that are in alliance with the Antichrist. How he uproots three of them, I, I do not know the answer to that scenario. So um, I I do thank you for the call, Karina. We're coming up to a break here, uh, so I'm going to have to let you go. But I I, I thank you very much for the call. Great questions. I want to say God bless you. Have a great weekend. And um, I hope everybody has a great weekend. It's Labor Day weekend. I'm looking forward to a three-day off. I've been working day in and day out. And uh, I'm just in a really good mood. So God bless each and every one of you. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. 
Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. You're listening to an End of the Age Encore presentation. Okay, everybody, I'm going to go straight to the phones because I want to make sure I get to everybody before the end of the program. I'll do my best. Um, Daisy called from New Jersey, and I'm going to answer. She's going to uh, take the answer off the air, and I do thank her for that, Um, just for calling in, not that she's taking her answer off the air. But her question was, um, when does the wrath of God happen? Well, Daisy, the, so there's a big difference here. And this is something, it's a great question because it's something you need to understand when you're looking at the great tribulation and the timing of the rapture. A lot of different things come into play when we're talking about this topic. When does the wrath of God happen? In Revelation 12, I just talked about it. There's a war in heaven. Michael and his archangels overcome Satan and his angels, bind them to the earth. The Bible says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because Satan comes down unto you having great wrath. And he persecutes Israel and the church for a three and one half year period. The Israelis living around the world, that's the great tribulation. So the wrath of Satan is the great tribulation. The wrath of God happens right at the very end of the great tribulation period. It's uh, Revelation chapter 16. That's the vials of the wrath of God. You can read all the way down through it. If you read Revelation 16, verse 1, it says, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. So that happens at the very end of the great tribulation period. Just a very short period of time. I know it happens at the very end of the great tribulation because the first vial is... Uh, grievesome, noisome and grievesome sores that are poured out upon people who receive the mark of the beast during the great tribulation. The mark of the beast is doled out once the Antichrist comes into power and he, dole, he implements the system, the numbering system of the mark of the beast for three and one half years. At the very end of that time, all of those who have taken the mark of the beast, God pour, puts sores on them. It's the very first vial. It happens at the very end of the great tribulation period. So that's when the vials of the wrath of God, if you want to read the entire story about the vials of the wrath of God, go to Revelation 15, read down through there, and then the vials begin to be poured out in Revelation 16. And it goes all the way down through there and you can read the vials of the wrath of God. Um, So there is a difference between Satan's wrath. Satan's wrath has not started yet. Yes, Satan does... Uh, is trying to persecute and do different things around the world to the church. He always has. However, there's a spiritual battle, but there's coming a time for a three and a half year period. It's going to be a physical battle here on the earth. Satan's wrath. It's the great tribulation. Jesus Christ prophesied in Matthew 24. It would be a time of persecution. Uh, He said great tribulation, such as never been since the beginning of the earth, nor will ever again will be. 
That's going to be that three and a half years of Satan's wrath, God's wrath poured out upon, uh, right there at the very end of the tribulation period. Um, let's go to Chris in Pennsylvania. God bless Chris. Welcome to End of the Age. Hey, Brother Robbins. Um, I just had a couple of questions real quick for you, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, the Laudato Sea uh, encyclical that Pope Francis wrote not too long ago. Yes. Um, do you have? I, I just want. I just want to know uh, your thoughts on its connection uh, to to the uh, final seven years. I'm not saying it is. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to know your connection to that. Yep. Uh, what you know about that, rather. Yes. And then the other question is um, the Leviathan spirit. Uh, you know, ancient writings tell us that the Leviathan supposedly, supposedly had seven heads. I, I, I want to say there's a few passages in Scripture about it. I'm not sure if it mentions it has seven heads. Right. But I guess my question is, um, do you see a connection between the Leviathan, or the spirit thereof, and this final seven-headed ten-horned beast that represents the world government? And uh, I'll just take my question off there. Sure, Absolutely. So, um, the first question, Laudato Si. Laudato Si was an encyclical that Pope Francis read. Normally, an encyclical is a letter written to Catholic um, bishops, archbishops, cardinals around the world. It's something he wants them to do. It's a message he wants to give them. It's an encyclical from the Pope to them. Laudato Si was an encyclical by the Pope to every person on the planet. And what he did was... He gave the, he tied the global warming, climate change, propaganda, scare tactics into a religious type situation where he said, hey, the, we're harming the planet. We're destroying the planet. We're, we're, we're making it unsustainable. Uh, these coal fired power plants and all these things are burning the, you know, the, he, he even got to the point where he said that, um, we, we've got this huge pandemic of spruce bark beetles in the encyclical. But the, some of the most ominous part of it was, he said that we have our Mother Earth. Now, he actually said that these, nature, was part of the human family, the Mother Earth, the uh, sister, um, the wind, and the, our brother, the water, things like that. So he was saying, as if they had a soul, which they do not, humans have souls. The water has no soul, but yet he tied them into the human family. And he actually said that we, because we're using so much of the elements of the earth and the different resources, that we are sinning against the our family, quote unquote, the mother earth, water, the wind, fire, this, that, and the other. So scare tactics. Propaganda, human-induced global warming, which leads to climate change. He goes all the way down through there. He talked about the Earth Charter. He talked about sustainable international organizations. He went all the way down through there. I mean, it was like unbelievable. I can't remember how many pages it was. I read it several times. He went all the way down there and he said, to manage all of this, he talked about disarmament as a result of all of this stuff. He said, we need a true global political authority. Um, that aligns with the social teachings of the church. He went all down through this big thing. 
We need, in other words, he used the whole thing to call for a world governing body. How does that tie into the final seven years? Well, I know that he put out Laudato Si, this final seven year plan to get all this done. What he's doing is he's pushing the propaganda of human induced global warming, which leads to climate change to get this done by 2030 because Pope Francis supports the Sustainable Development Goals, which is the United Nations socialistic blueprint for world government in the earth today, the Sustainable Development Goals. They're goals that are devoted to um, governing every single every aspect of every single person on the earth. So Pope Francis came out with this seven-year plan to get this done by 2030. It is not the final seven-year peace agreement mentioned in Daniel 9.27 that will start the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Two different things. It is prophetic in, in that he is using, he's aligned himself with the world government, the union of politics and religion, pushing the world governing body. It is prophetic in that sense, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't tie into the final seven year prophecy in um, Daniel 9.27, which will be a peace agreement between Israel and the Palestinians. That starts the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Two different things. Number two, Leviathan. I'm not aware of any place that Bible says that the Leviathan mentioned back in uh, the book of Job, Psalms, Isaiah, that it had seven heads. I do not think that, I think it was a physical. The Bible says, canst thou draw out Leviathan with a hook? Job 41.1. Or his tongue with a cord or let us down. There was a huge beast, Leviathan, that was in the sea. Uh, Psalms 104.26. There go the ships. There is that Leviathan whom hast made to play therein. Uh, Isaiah 27.1. In the day the Lord with his sore and great, in that day the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, uh, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. I don't think that that is Satan. Uh, you were talking about the spirit of Leviathan. I think Leviathan was some big beast that was in the sea. I don't know what it was specifically. People could sit here and speculate the rest of the day. But I don't think that that is the seven-headed ten-horned beast, which is the world-governing body that will be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, uh, that the Antichrist will usurp authority over. So I hope that answers your question, Chris. Um, and I know you're saying you're taking your question off the air. So uh, God bless you. Thank you for the call. Um, let's go to Marcus right here in Texas. God bless Marcus. Welcome to End of the Age. Uh, yeah, hello. Hey, how you doing, Marcus? Uh, I got a question. Yes. Um, okay, so like there's a lot of, like uh, people argue a lot about, you know, prophecy and, and what this and that means. And it's like, um, my question is, why was it written in such a way that's like hard for us to understand? It's not anything necessarily physical that we can grasp. It's like sure. uh, for specu- speculation all the time. Yep. And it's like, because if we're supposed to, if God wants us to follow him, why did he make that part so difficult for us? You, you, I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah. If that's, why that's why did he write it in anyway. symbolism? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, to understand that, you need to understand why did Jesus teach him parables? 
that Jesus was always teaching in parable. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Kingdom of heaven is like this. He was teaching in parables. The parable of the unjust judge. And his disciples said, Lord. But then he would take his disciples off to the side and he would tell them the meaning of the parable. But he wouldn't tell everybody. And the disciples said, Lord, why are you teaching in parables? And the Lord said, because it's given unto you to understand, but not for them to understand. And the disciples were like, well, that don't, that don't make a whole lot of sense. And he was saying that because for people who were truly seeking and wanting to understand, it would be revealed to them. But for people who just said, nah, you know, I just want to have a conversation every once in a while, not really seeking the truth of all of it, then, then it will be hidden from them. It's the same reason that he taught in parables, if you, if you understand that. Symbolism of Bible prophecy. And so God wanted, God did that for people who were just really seekers and trusting him and serving him and being led by his spirit, they would understand. The Bible says they that understand among the people in the end time, they will instruct many. But for people who are nonchalant and just saying, you know what, I'll, I'll just, you know, I may want to be argumentative or I just, I'm going to be nonchalant about it. I really don't care. I'm, I might just try to argue a point here and there. It's going to be hidden from them. And so very important. And another thing is to fully understand some of these things, you've got to be led by the spirit into some of it. And so some people who are nonchalant, not really maybe having a prayer life, not really wanting to understand some things, just a nonchalant attitude, they're not going to get it. And so I know that there are people that, you know, go back and forth on the answer to prophecies and different things. But the fact of the matter is a lot of it comes down to what's your goal. Our goal in teaching prophecies is a biblical goal. And that is to get people to heaven. Prophecies build your faith in the word of God, which is the only word book that has the words to eternal life. It's building people's faith in the word of God. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. And so we use prophecy to build people's faith in the word of God to get them to heaven. Not just to sell DVDs and books and things like that. That's all part of it. But it's simply used to build people's faith in the word of God in an effort to get them to heaven. When somebody will do that, God will show them the truth of the prophecies just like he showed the apostles so they could use the doctrines of the Bible to get people to heaven. It's the same principle. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com. 